I think the question about it is probably how much faith do we have? And I think we mentioned this before in Eli Manning at this stage. None. <laughs> <laughs> so, welcome to All Four Quarters, your one-stop shop for news, views, and overreactions to all things NFL. This week, continuing our previews, we're going to be focusing on the NFC East, which is the Cowboys, the Eagles, the Giants, and the Mizunwoos. So, hey guys, we've got Connor here, we've got Harry. Hello. And we've got Ronan. Hello. How are we getting on, lads? Any crack? Ah, yeah, surviving. Um... Has been it's been an unremarkable week since we uh, since we did the last podcast. So not much work's just been very very busy. Trying and failing to sleep. It's been horribly warm. Yeah, it's been. I'm just exhausted. Honestly, I can't. So you know, it's fine. Football's back though. Yeah, football is back. Um, by the time that you're going to hear this, football will have been back for about a week or two. Uh, but yes, we were getting a lot of football tonight, and we had some last week, I believe. So should be good crack on it yourself. It's how's all down in Cork. Uh, pretty quiet. I uh, was over in Canada for, for a while. Uh, could have watched could have watched some of that great Canada football with uh, maybe missed one of those games with uh, Johnny Football. Yeah, he's tearing up the league up there. Yeah, he got, uh, he, got he got benched in the first half of his he, uh, first game. He Nathan Peterman did. Yeah, five, was it five? He threw he threw four anyway. Uh, a lot. <laughs> yeah. That team gave up two first round selections for him. Jesus Christ. Uh, although I don't know what that's worth in the Canadian League. So I know they like draft the rights to players if they decide to come over to the Canadian League or something. So I don't know. I don't actually know what a first round gets you there. Well, half of Johnny Manziel apparently. Yeah, just about. <laughs> uh, fun times. Yeah, no more. No huge amount of crack myself either. Kind of finishing up and work shortly. Um, getting ready for the weddings coming up as well. So that should be good fun. Uh, so I'd say I'll be needy but by the time we hit next week's episode uh, <laughs> so that'll be good fun um, so yeah we'll fly straight on in because we got a this is probably the most well covered of all of the divisions in football uh, mainly because it's just got huge media markets involved in it uh, we'll kick off first with the Dallas Cowboys so people that brought in Leighton uh, Van Der Etch Coney Ely Cameron Fleming Tavon Austin they've lost Des Bryant who's still at this moment floating around the free agency pool uh, Jason Witten retired uh, Anthony Hitchens and Orlando Scandrick are gone as well this is a team that kind of came back down to earth to a large degree last year uh, after the explosiveness of the two rookies the year previous. Obviously, there was suspensions to Ezekiel Elliott involved in that, a regression on the part of Dak Prescott, but obviously there was players missing and injuries and stuff like that. Uh, known for having a particularly strong offensive line and a bit of question marks around their defense, they're hoping to be able to really kind of lean on that young pairing at quarterback and running back and try and get things going again. They don't seem to have any obvious wide receiver one at this point we don't know whether that might change over the course of the uh over the course of the preseason them looking to pick up someone via trade or something but we're not sure so i suppose we'll start with that this team probably relies on dak either getting back to the level that he was beforehand or surpassing that to be able to provide them with a winning season and what is a fairly well stacked um division i think so do we think that dak will be able to see that kind of progress given that he's lost his safety blanket in witten and his well inverted commas number one receiver in in, in des bryant uh, do we think he's going to be able to find success in this system it's it's worrying um like this is not a hugely talented roster on paper when you look at it like and I know that like Witten and Dez were old and their production wasn't what it was, but you look at this team and they're like, I don't know where you're going to replace that. I mean, like Alan Hearns is fine, but he's never established himself as a WR1. Uh, people are very high on this Gallup kid they've drafted, but again, who knows with rookies. Um, we've seen a lot of rookie round one receivers recently. 
are coming to the league and do nothing. nothing. Yeah. Um, guys like Laquan Treadwell or uh, Mike Williams more recently. John Ross. John Ross, another mm-hmm. one. And it, it's a concerning sign that Dallas seems sort of content to, to coast along. And I think that's been a criticism of this team under uh, Jason Garrett. And I think mm-hmm. a, a valid one for the last few seasons, really. Um, obviously, when the Dak Prescott you know, first burst onto the scene, it looked like there was, okay, now this is something we can build around. But I don't know if the building has happened. And looking at this team's roster, I'm not sure that they've put him in a position to succeed, which is concerning because we saw, again, last season when people had a bit more tape on him, a bit more understanding of how he was going to play, he really, really struggled to move the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that's going to be critical is how well that O-line holds up. We saw significant regression on the O-line from Dallas last year, um, particularly with the, the nagging injuries that uh, uh, Tyron Smith has had, a uh, back injury, which effectively made him... Ext- way less effective than he was playing previously Mm -hmm. and if those issues continue I think that's a problem because when you don't have that kind of superb protection anymore and I think we'll talk about this more when we discuss the run game as Mm -hmm. well and the potential harm it'll have there it's worrying like him, Zach Martin and Travis Frederick like are very good players, and you've got a couple of other guys, role guys like you know Lyle Collins or whoever who can still do pretty well. But when you've seen overall them struggle and get injured a lot, I'm like, this doesn't seem like a good spot moving forward. I don't know how heavily they are going to lean on Prescott. I think we might see them be a very very run heavy team mm-hmm. uh, this year, particularly with particularly with the way um, he played last season. So yeah, I, d- I don't think they put this guy in a position to succeed. And I think there's only so long. I think, it's, it's, I think Mark Sanchez is a really good example of this. Somebody who ex- like came on really explosively, regressed, was put into a really, really run-heavy system, which sort of covered up his deficiencies. And then when he was put into a less run-heavy system, got immediately exposed again. Yeah, no, of course. So that brings us to that question of Ziggy Elliott. Can he carry this team on his back? They have invested significant money in this offensive line. He had very good rushing numbers in the last few years, including last year, even though he missed a cut, was it six games I think he missed last year? And was still one of the most productive runners that they had. Like, do we reckon that he's going to be able to carry this team? Or is the lack of an outside threat mean people are going to stack the box and they're just not going to be able to get that kind of production moment? No, I think based on what we've seen from Ziggy Elliott, I think it's kind of hard to bet against him at this point. And I think even though Harry rightly points out that the offensive line has issues, uh, particularly related to maybe the long-term health there, there's still no doubting that they still have a lot of talent and they place a major emphasis on that. Like they picked up someone like Cam Fleming from New England, who you know wasn't great, but as kind of swing tackle option is a pretty like it's pretty good. Would like plenty of uh, teams would be happy to have someone like Cam Fleming as kind of their backup offensive lineman. So I don't think they're too bad there either. Like, but as we know in the modern NFL, like the run game doesn't win you games. Like the run game is useful when you're ahead or if you're defense and you're and your passing attack can put you in positions where the run game can basically kill off the games. But we look over this team, as Harry points out, there just isn't that there. So I think with and a player like Ezekiel Elliott, he can certainly win you a, a certain amount of games, but he's not going to be able to do enough to get them into the playoffs, get them into being the case where they're going to like uh, be like they're going to be one of the NFC like Super Bowl contenders. For me, like Ezekiel Elliott isn't the problem with this team; it's the rest of the team that's the problem, especially on that offense uh, with the surrounding talent around them. So I think like don't worry about Ezekiel Elliott in your fantasy league, but do worry as a Dallas Cowboys fan that. There's only so much one running back can do. We've seen teams like this in the past, over the last 10 years, where they had an elite running back and yet still didn't make the playoffs. I think the Cowboys are well set up to end up being another one of those. Yeah, no, of course. And then obviously when we look at the other side of the ball, this is a defence that is just looking like middle of the road the whole way through. Like, 
they've lost Danny Hitchens at linebacker. They've, I think they've got a replacement in as a rookie. Yeah, Van Der Esch. Yeah, oh, sorry, Van Der Esch, yeah, he's slipping into that spot. Uh, they've tried to, like, they, they just kind of look mediocre pretty much across the board. There's nothing massively sad. Like, obviously, uh, Sean Lee is there, but he's not there for, for 16 games uh, of the season ever. Uh, like, I don't see this defense being the kind of thing that can, like, stiffen up in a game and, like, help them maintain a three-point lead if it's a tight game kind of thing. So they're yeah. going to need to get something out of that offense. And I just Their, their, their secondary has been, has been completely rebuilt from the ground up, yeah. so you will expect that there is some teething issues there when you're throwing in free agents and rookies and, and players. You're promoting them from Beavis, Beavis and backups. Yeah. Uh, I think Rod Marinelli has probably earned enough trust to make this a you know not terrible defense. But there's, I think he's done great stuff with poor defender defenses in the past. But yeah, there's only so much one man can do, and that secondary is going to get eaten up a few times over the season, especially against the kind of top teams, and especially within the division where there's, you know, two or three teams that could probably do stuff through the air these days. Yeah, no, of course. I think that's that's a really key point. We've seen that consistently that Dallas have had like a like a mediocre mid-tier defense with deficient talent. But at a certain point, you have to start making the investment and have to start. Um, putting something you know in, into making it better because you know you've got a coaching staff that can do good things with bad players. Why not give them good players and see if they can do great things? And when you know going back to the Dak Prescott thing a little bit, one of the best ways to protect a, a, a rookie who or not a rookie but a young player who's insecure on and meant to be leading the offense is to put them in a position where they're going to have lots of opportunities. They don't need to worry about the defense. They don't need to worry about being in a hole and having to drag the team mm-hmm. out of it the whole time. And I'm not sure Dallas do. And like, it's just, it's all just a bit fine, isn't yeah. it? Like, it's just, it's there. It's okay, but it's not going to win them games. Yeah, they have some talent up front. Like, if the like, you know, with a good rush, you can get a lot done. They have a lot of intriguing players outside of Demarcus Lawrence. He's obviously coming off a great season. You know, Randy Gregory's come back from suspension. Uh, Taco Charlton, a first round pick from last season. You people like Tyrone Kofa, Crawford. They got Coney Ely in free agency. These are all like, I think. They're hoping Charlton becomes the other end across from Lawrence, but there's enough players there that they could probably have a rotation there. And obviously we saw last year with the Eagles having a rotation along your front line can make a huge difference for a defence. Yeah. So where do we have them going this year, Harry? What's your win-loss for them? Uh, I have them going 9-7 and seven and coming ninth overall in the NFC, and I think that's probably as good as they can hope for realistically. Yeah, what about yourself, Ronan? 8-8 eight eight for riding Ziggy Elliott to a mediocre, but... A non-playoff bound season. Yeah, I think I'm a little bit lower down. I got them going six and ten. I think second so mid table. I see them losing a couple of closer games, and especially as we're talking about the other teams in this division, I think there's games that they might have split beforehand that they might not split this year. Uh, so we'll move next on to our defending Super Bowl champions, Ooh. the Philadelphia Eagles. Woo! Uh, they have added Michael Bennett, Lodi Nada, Mike Wallace, Dallas Goddard. They've lost Vinnie Curry, Trey Burton, LeGarrette Blunt, and Patrick Robinson. Uh, so obviously this is a team probably high off its off its victory uh, and its destruction of its own city and then its rebuilding <laughs> of Philadelphia and its new image. Uh, they have both the... <laughs> Super Bowl MVP quarterback and their uh, contender for normal season MVP quarterback in Carson Wentz. Uh, so this is this is a team that really looks stocked to the gills. They haven't lost a huge amount, or at least the parts that they have lost, they seem to have brought replacement pieces in for. Uh, they've got another year in the system. They're having uh, they're going to have Wentz coming back in. So is this a, is this a spot where we just 
kind of look at this team and say, yeah, this this is a thing that's still going to work. The way that they played is still going to work. The way that they schemed is still going to work. And Wentz is going to be able to have another season like he was having until he got injured. Or is this a spot where, you know, the game is always constantly evolving. People are getting tape on them and they need to change up what they're doing to be able to find success. I mean, I think both of those things can be true at the same time. Uh, mm-hmm. I think neither of them are particularly radical statements, to be honest. This team has retained the core of what made it a good team. You would assume with you know stability, it will assume the same philosophy that mm-hmm. made it a good team. You, you, there are questions, like you say, about, you know, oh, will there be more tape on them? Yes. Will people figure them out a bit? Yes. Will Carson Wentz be coming back from a, a very serious injury? Will he be the same? Who knows? Uh, if you like watching football, hopefully he's good, he's fun to watch. I, I just find it very hard to bet against this team because they have retained so much of that. And even the talent that's left, I mean, you look talk about guys like, you know, like Vinnie Curry and Patrick Robinson, they're not... They're good players. They're not integral to the defense. It's not like it's like, look, they ran a bottle with a lot of rotation anyway, particularly linebacker and uh, front to front seven kind of thing. Robinson's a decent corner, but he's not like, you know, he wasn't a, a linchpin CB1 shutdown kind of, we need this guy on the field to control receivers kind of guy. They've mm-hmm. kept the talent on the O-line. They've kept the talent on the D-line. And that's a huge, that was really key to their success was having really good protection in both the passing and the running game mm-hmm. and having, again, that rotation on the D-line that was just devastating. Um, that Those pieces have largely been kept intact, right? And when you do that, it's like, look, you can watch tape, you can figure out so much, uh, but when you're against talent and when you're against well-coached talent and when you're against a team that doesn't seem to get tired, you might be doing a bit better, you might have a 10% better than you are last year, but this is a team that was so far ahead of so many teams it played against mm-hmm. that it's very difficult to see that gap being closed up. Like, this is, to me, this is another very strong contender. This is, like, a, a Super Bowl contender team. This is a team that should be in the playoffs and will be unless something goes um, mm-hmm. horribly wrong. I, I don't... I mean, I look at the roster and I'm like, I don't see anywhere where this team has got significantly weaker. Yeah. Um, the only thing is, is, like, you know, when you talk about... The, the playoffs are random in their own way so you wouldn't I would never back a team be like this team is definitely going to win the Super Bowl again this team is definitely going to go to a championship game again unless it's the Patriots because mm-hmm. the AFC is terrible um, but specifically the AFC East is fucking yeah, brutal exactly <laughs> and there's more competition I think at the top end of the yeah. AFC I think we can agree with that at the moment but like th- this is just I look at that and I'm like I think like what we've seen from Wentz if he goes back into that team and he's like 90% 95% of what he was before this is still a team that's going to beat most teams it comes up against and it's going to be very very difficult to stop these guys particularly when they've got so good at controlling that uh, what they you know trenches kind of battle and and stuff up front no of course and like we can see here that obviously they've they've lost a couple of pieces off that defense that you were talking about they've added some new pieces in with the likes of of uh Michael Bennett and Haloli Nala and stuff like that so like is this is this a unit that we think is on the up if, if possible, given just how successful they were with it last year? Or is it one that is just kind of staying as one of those top-end pieces? Or do we think we're going to see a drop-off with new players into the scheme and potentially maybe a little bit of an older player demographic in that scheme? Yeah, I think like I think the Eagles, the reputation that they got last season is that they're a good place to go. Obviously, uh, the reaction to the whole you know social justice kind of stuff has generally been positive. Chris Long has talked about that. And you know obviously, they have someone like Malcolm Jenkins involved um, so I think when you look at the Eagles they're a place that veterans want to go to they're a defending Super Bowl champion obviously they lost kind of like like Vinnie Curry probably a younger player maybe up, more upside was traded to Tampa Bay 
like Bennett, Nata, they're on the back end of their careers, but they're not being asked to come in as starters. They're being asked to come in and be rotation depth. Like, you know, Haloti Nata is not going to displace Fletcher Cox. That's just not going to happen. Fletcher Cox is going to be the linchpin in that defensive tackle end. And similar, uh, Barnett is more likely to get more snaps than Bennett. So I think the emphasis here is depth, depth, depth. And that's true of many of the other positions, like running back. They're probably four or five deep at running back now. Um, and now, they, obviously, they got Dallas Goddard because they wanted to have two... Uh, number one tight end type players after losing Trey Burton so I think this team is all about building that depth and they can do that right now because obviously Carson Wentz is still on his rookie contract and I suppose the only doubt that I have over this team is obviously Wentz is coming off a torn ACL he's looking like you know he's looking like it's kind of going to push towards the end of preseason before we see him at all if we see him in preseason at all so the only question is if he comes in a bit cold into an NFC which obviously will take no prisoners like the Eagles like they're in the NFC East I think all the NFC East teams have improved this offseason uh, in my opinion uh, except perhaps the Cowboys who are kind of staying still but they're still a team that can win on their day um, mm-hmm. so I think the only issue for the Eagles is that they're they're in the NFC if they were in the AFC I would give them like probably like 14 wins <laughs> but because they're in the NFC I think it's going to be a lot tougher and I think there's a bit more pressure on them now because of the way because of that Super Bowl win We'll see what they can do. There's still some questions. Like the only place I can see them being weak is a cornerback. They're relying on um, Sidney Jones, like a second, a second uh, year player who obviously was coming off an injury, I believe, to kind of step up and like live up to his reputation, which was quite high. Like that's the only case where the secondary might be a little weaker than it was last season with mm-hmm. Patrick Robinson be just solid. But besides that, it's just looking like a good team. It just happens to have the NFC, which is which is uh, means that they won't get all the wins they would have in the AFC. Yeah, I think it's worth noting, like when you say about uh, when it's coming in cold, like the first game against the Falcons is going to be tough, but then you've got games against the Bucks and the Colts, which is kind of kind of good if your quarterbacks uh, yeah. taking a little while to heat up. Yeah, yeah, but Andrew Luck is uh, back, baby. It doesn't matter that defense is still shit. Wins can throw all over them. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Uh, the only, I suppose, other question mark might be whether or not they have the depth at running back. Because obviously they've got uh, JHI there, and they've got as uh, it Sproles is back. Well, Corey Clement's going to be the main back. I mean, Corey Clement has looked pretty good in spot work over the last few seasons, so I mm-hmm. imagine we're going to see more of him. I wouldn't personally be worried about their depth. I mean, you've got Ajayi, Clement, uh, like guys like Wendell Smallwood, and then obviously Sproles, who can all play spot roles. Yeah. Um, if Ajayi goes down, there's no clear RB1, but I assume Clement would be the plan at that point. Yeah, probably. And they were but, perfectly happy to committee it last season. But yeah, like I said, like this is a, this is a team that is looked that was strong last year that looks to be as strong this year and maybe improved one or two bits and maybe kind of at least a push in a lot of them anyway. Uh, where do we have them going, Harry? You have... Uh, I have them going 12 and 4, which is good enough for the 3 seed. Uh, mm-hmm. The NFC is going to be very competitive. Yeah. And I think they're going to go back to the championship game, but no further. Interesting. I have them going 13 and 3, giving them the 1 seed, but I have them being stopped in the divisional round. Uh, and Fitz? I have them going 10 and 6, getting the number 4 seed, uh, and then getting knocked out in the divisional round. Ah, interesting. Mm. Fun times. Overall, just this is a team that's on the up. If you're an Eagles fan, you're a pretty happy fan at the moment. And that brings us on to the New York football giants. Additions in this offseason, Pat Shermer has come in on the coaching side. They have Saquon Barkley, Nate Solder, Will Hernandez, Alec Ogletree and Kareem Martin. They have a lot on the way out. Justin Pugh, DJ Fluker, Weston Richburg, Paul Perkins, Orleans Darkwa, Dominique Rogers, Cromartie, and Ross Cockrell. Uh, so this is a team that obviously towards the back end of last season with their coaching issues, we'll say, uh, that weird mustachioed man, <laughs> uh, and fights with Eli Manning and destroying his continuous starting streak. Uh, they decided to double down and show their faith in Eli by not drafting his replacement, but instead choosing the top running back, Saquon Barkley, in the draft. 
So now this looks like a team that has stocked up a huge amount on its skill position players. It's, it's invested, we will talk about the line quite a bit as well, but if you look at this on paper, they now have, in terms of playmaker, they've got this top running back from the draft that everyone's expecting to be excellent. They've got Odell Beckham Jr., who is a ver- like is, is the top end of his game. We've got uh, Sterling Shepard, some people like him, some don't like him, but he's fairly solid. We've got um, Evan Ingram, the, 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 the tight end, who apparently got into a fight with Eli Apple at training there during the week last week. Um, like This is a team that is has the playmakers on offense that you would expect to see them be able to do something with it. Now, obviously, there'll be questions with the line and stuff, but on paper, that's a lovely set of weapons for a quarterback to have. I think the question about it is probably how much faith do we have, and I think we mentioned this before, in Eli Manning at this stage. None. <laughs> I, any other situation, you bring in Saquon Barkley, you bring in these improvements to what was one of the worst defensive lines in the league, um, and they should be an update over, you know, with the exception of Justin Pugh, who's actually pretty decent, like DJ Fluker, like Weston Richburg, and they got rid of their offensive line coach. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's like you would be positive about them. And Alec Oldtree, maybe a bit overrated, maybe a bit overpaid, but he's pretty interesting. Um, and obviously, Pat Shermer, he's been brought in. He had a great season last, he was great last season with the Minnesota Vikings. It's kind of exciting there. You're like, okay, let's get a new offense. Let's try something new. But then because they screwed up so royally last season uh, by replacing um, Eli Manning with Geno Smith for some incomprehensible reason, um, that basically means that Eli Manning has to be kept around for another season. Like basically, you know, if last season they had just played um, the rookie, Davis Webb, they probably would be able to have dropped Manning at this point. But because they chose to go with Geno Smith, which is basically, you know, a red uh, flag to the, to the fans, Eli Manning is now back to his, like, he's our, you know, twice-winning Super Bowl quarterback. You know, he built this town, basically, kind of situation. Yeah. And, like, you know, with the weapons that he has, with Odell Beckham Jr. coming back, with Barkley in that backfield, you imagine that they'll still get stuff done. They have other players, like, as you mentioned, Engram. They have Sterling Shepard, who has looked pretty good in spots. So, I think the offense should be good, but, like, Eli... If any pressure is made in this offense, and the offense might take time to bet in, then Eli's just going to poop the bed once again this season. And there has to be severe doubts that Eli Manning can even throw the ball down the field as much as he could. And like considering that, that was one of the things that he was known for, kind of being like a bit the gunslinger version of the you know Peyton Manning type uh, yeah. approach. That's a huge loss, and it's just I you know I don't have faith in Eli Manning, and I think there's going to be questions throughout the entire season. Uh, as I don't think this team's going to win enough games about whether they're going to pull him for either Webb or their uh, new uh, like rookie project and all that. So I don't know. Like if the Giants had just had a new quarterback this year, I would be so positive about the team. But with Eli there, I just think their ceiling is much lower than it otherwise would be. Yeah, no, of course. Um, obviously, like we said, they're kind of hoping Pat Shermer can get results, given that he got results out of a, a mixed bag of quarterbacks last year with Minnesota, where they had to constantly be chopping and changing them. The other side of the ball is an interesting one. So they do have pieces on that on that defense when you look around it. Like they've got Alec Ogletree, as you say, is in there. There's Olivier Vernon. Uh, like there's there's a couple of nice pieces there. They got Snacks Harrison there now as well. Is he? Yeah, he yeah. was there last season. Yeah. Last season as well. Like, there's there there are some nice bits there. They've obviously got questions at the cornerback position with the ongoing struggles with Eli Apple and whatnot. Um, but like, they got Landon Collins in there too. It's it's one that seems to have a nice couple of pieces on it, but has never, especially last year, just didn't kind of do anything with with the pieces that they had. So, do we think they're going to be able to 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 do something now with this change of? 
coaching this change of approach and this more kind of upbeat we've got our young exciting pieces let's re-energize this or do we think this is a defense that's just going to continue to kind of sink down I mean do they have young exciting pieces on this defense this no on the like, offense I'm saying yeah, but this is my point like this isn't a good defense still and mm. like saying they have some nice pieces or their best defensive player can only be on the field for two downs you cannot put Snack Harrison on the field on third down and he is far and away their best defensive player like guys like Olivier Varnon who failed to live up to his contract in Miami not not going to complete that's not going to fix things Alec Ogletree they're massively overpaying he was like the third best linebacker on the Rams um, you still got Ray Ray Armstrong is on this fucking roster for God's sake like this is not good there are huge questions at cornerback like Eli Apple has been terrible Shores Jenkins brother killed a dude like yeah. this is a mess and I don't know that, that now when I said that we're talking about this change of philosophy on offense I don't know what's changed about their this team's defensive philosophy I don't know what's gonna be new there like well, this I'd, to me I'd, I'd imagine the change of mindset might be well we concede don't, less points well no it might just be like well we're, we're, we're not just trying to stop this team so Geno Smith can go and shit the bed again so Eli can come on and like fucking underthrow everybody by 10 yards like this yeah. is and then you have the little running back is tearing cons- around picking up those missed balls off the ground this is that's that's not how football works <laughs> <laughs> this is this is concerning this is really concerning and I mean like even guys like like Landon Collins or whatever like a, a good safety can't save a bad secondary and we saw that last season it's really I'm not sure what they fix here I'm not sure how where they get pressure on the quarterback from this team mm-hmm. I'm not sure how they stop like outside runs on this team I'm not sure how they cover like top end receivers on this team I yeah. don't know how this defense works and I just I don't see the pattern I don't see their additions really changing it I don't think they've made hugely significant additions I see a lot of mediocrity here yeah. I honestly don't trust the offense I don't trust the defense I think this will be another very difficult year for the Giants and it's going to be a year of transition fair enough with that in mind so what have you got them going I have them going 5-11 and 11, which will put them 13th uh, overall in the NFC okay and what are yourself Ronan 5-11 and 11. Okay, I'm a little bit more positive. I think they win about eight games. Because I think they, they always have this tendency to win the odd game that they shouldn't. And then I think they'll... I, I think there's a chance we might be seeing some of the other quarterbacks by the end of the season anyway. Uh, I, I, I think similar to one or two other teams that we've discussed in this season, I can see this team being two games away or three games behind 500 and deciding to just, right, let's find out what we've got in Davis Webb. It's been a good run with Eli, but we're, we're properly done now kind of thing, you know? Uh, but we'll see. Because I think one of the only things that would slow them down from that is the absolute bollocking that their, that their head office will get for going and selecting a running back uh, when they were so high last year. Mm. If any of those guys show a bit of promise and they selected a running back and stuck with Eli and Eli shits the bed this year and they collapse again, I just I, I don't think the front office will be able to weather that all that well. That's the only thing I think might stop them from uh, from doing what they should do and trying out some of the young guys. So we'll move on to the final team in the NFC East, the Washington Mizungus. They have added Alex Smith, Paul Richardson, Darius Geis, Deron Payne and Pernell McPhee. They lost uh, Kurt Cousins, Terrell Pryor, Ryan Grant, Niles Paul, Trent Murphy, Brashad, Breland, D'Angelo Hall. Um, they also lost the corner, didn't they? Uh, in the trade for Smith. Yeah. Oh, yes. To the Chiefs. Yeah. This is, a, this is a team that it's always hard to figure out what's going on because even whenever they have better looking personnel, this is an organization that is a complete cancer and will manage to fuck everything up that they possibly can. The pieces are there 
in one respect. I like the new running back, Darius Geis. I like Alex Smith in there, being able to make the most out of him coming out. I like their tight end whenever he's not horrendously concussed and out of games. Um, yeah, like, I, I just... I find it very hard to find anything to latch onto with this team almost always. Uh, but with the exception of I really like Alex Smith, uh, even though he's gone from the Chiefs and I'm still a big fan, and I think he'll probably do quite well for them there, and I'm happy that they're paying him $100 million. Um, happy that you're not. Do we think that this team will be better with Smith under the helm, being able to manage them a little bit more? And I mean manage, not in a necessarily bad way, but actually manage. Uh, or do we think that they're going to see a drop-off now that Cousins is gone? Uh, I think it's much of a muchness, to be honest with you. I don't... I don't think Smith is, is certainly not a bad quarterback. Uh, I don't know if he's necessarily better than Cousins at this stage in his mm-hmm. career. I think it's be they'd be pretty close in my book. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not sure that that's going to make a critical difference. I mean, it's a rare thing that, you know, they went out and were willing to, you know, pay money for somebody who is not going to turn into a total trash fire. Yeah. But uh, it's a lot of money for somebody to prevent the organization from being a trash fire. And I think that's what it feels like at the moment. It feels like this organization is constantly, like you said, uh, 30 seconds away from just spontaneously combusting. And they're getting, like, a game managey team that's going to be fine but isn't really outstanding in any area. Because the O-line is extremely overrated. And I've been saying this for, like... Since we started this podcast, <laughs> the Washington has an overrated O-line. I'm not even sure their O-line is even highly rated anymore, but it's not very good. <laughs> whatever it's rated, it needs to be lower. Yeah, whatever it's rated, it needs to be lower. Like it's again, it's like it's it's fine, it's there, it's blood, but it's not gonna let them really steamroll teams on the running game. The defense is a bit weird, like other than um other than uh, than Ryan Kerrigan, you don't really have a hugely outstanding piece in the in the in the front seven. Uh, in in my view, anyway, there's a lot of like guys who are contributors, but there's nobody there who can really, really like swing games. The DB situation isn't amazing. We saw a Josh Norman like really struggle last season, yeah. Um, and and going from like one of the top corners in the league to being a guy who's mm-hmm. merely like good, very good. And then they've lost, like, they've they've lost both Fuller and Breland. From they have. That group and they brought well. in Orlando Scandrick, yeah. who was mediocre in 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 uh, in uh, what? Uh, sorry, in Dallas. Um, guys like Quentin Dunbar weren't outstanding last season like it, this team is just I just find it really hard to get excited about this team I think it's going to be fine I think they're going to get into some fun games because they're just going to be stupid and bad at some stuff mm-hmm. and they'll come out and be good at it be bad at something else yeah. the next week I don't think this is a tremendously well coached team I still do not have a huge amount of faith in the leadership there not just in the front office but also from what we've seen in terms of uh, Jay Gruden and the uh, the, the coaching uh, over the last few seasons so I don't, yeah I just think this team is going to be there they're going to be tough they're not going to beat good teams yeah and they're just going to be there yeah what I reckon fits do you think just kind of mid tabley kind of or do, do you think that do you think there's potential if things go right that they could like what what do you think would be the absolute upside of this team say they stay healthy I think like if they stayed healthy if they went on a run they could be like in that wild card hunt Mm. Certainly, like there's no reason why teams couldn't be in there. I think in the NFC the way it is, I would not put money on that, of course. But I think it's one of these teams that um, last season, like it's kind of hard to assess what they were like last season because they basically got absolutely creamed by injuries all year, uh, both on the offense, especially the offensive line, but on the defense as well. Like they lost kind of like promising rookies like Jonathan Allen for the year, um, and I think. Like they were basically pulling offensive linemen off the street during the middle of the season. And yet despite that, they were still competitive at times. I think it's just one of those teams under Jake Rudin 
uh, just tends to be basically he's inherited that Cincinnati Bengals or perhaps the better end of the Cincinnati <laughs> Bengals of just being like competitive usually but you'd never really trust them to like do it against the best teams like even if they made the playoffs would I get them give them any chance to wildcard round probably not I would say they'd be one and done I just think this team like Alex Smith I kind of feel bad for him he's coming into a situation like yes he gets a new like running back in Darius Geis he gets Paul Richardson as a free agent but like who's the go-to guy for like Alex Smith right now no real there like you compare the kind of excitement of the players there um, to like the kind of players he had in the city, uh, especially in the number one receiver, and it's kind of like, yeah, it's grand. And I think like that's the biggest problem for me in Washington, or sorry, yeah, Washington, is that like you know when I look at that offense, Alex Smith has kind of been expected to elevate this team, but all the pieces are kind of just like they're all great complement pieces. There's no real kind of starter piece right there. There's no yeah. nothing you can build around. Now Alex Smith, like obviously you love Alex Smith, he can play that kind of point guard quarterback plays kind of kind of roll really well but you know is that going that isn't really going to be enough in like in a division and in a conference which you know there are teams with such massive difference makers over the field uh, and they're just going to get shown up in too many of those games yeah. so they're just I, yeah, I just agree with you Harry they're just a bit meh and we'll see if they can do anything more than that if enough other teams get injuries to their quarterbacks you know they're the kind of team that could sneak in in the end yeah actually you put you, you pick up something there that actually i think kind of it's a lot about what i was thinking when i looked at them that kind of that they're, they're a lot of kind of solidy pieces but there's no kind of standouts on there it's almost like that thing if if if, if this was an organization that we could put any kind of trust in you'd look at it and go right this is actually kind of a nice spot because this year is they're like getting established with this new quarterback that they've got locked in for three or four years and they're like now they kind of pick up a few like get yourself a top wide receiver and maybe like an extra cornerback or some kind of pass rusher next year that kind of build from this as being a core but I just I, I can never trust this organization to be able to do that because I just can't see them being able to be stable for more than two months max and that's being generous uh, so I suppose, what does that leave us at? Uh, Harry, how do you have them faring? I have this meh team getting the most meh possible record and going 8-8. Eight and eight. Very good. What about yourself? That's, that's factually incorrect. 7-9, and nine, as we know, is the most meh score, as, Fish, as uh, Fisher proved many, many times. But 6-10 and ten is my score uh, for the Mazungus this season. Okay, and I have got them going 9-7, and seven because basically I think Alex Smith will pull them to a win or two that they wouldn't expect. Uh, but yeah, again, just that kind of bleh in the middle of the road kind of thing. So overall, uh, an interesting division. We've got one locked in kind of big dog uh, and one or two teams that we think could maybe push to challenge, but maybe are a few pieces short of there. So that'll wrap us up for the NFC East this week. Uh, so I suppose we will say bye from myself, bye from Harry. Goodbye. Bye from Roland. Bye. This has been All Four Quarters. Thanks for listening, and we'll chat to you next week with the NFC North. <laughs>